0: It's time for another episode of Legally Unfiltered. You're listening to Franz Borkart and Richard Sprinkle, both attorneys, both bringing you stories in the media and stories that affect you with a legal twist, Legally Unfiltered. You can listen to Legally Unfiltered on Talk 107.3 on the weekends or on our podcast on Wednesdays at 10:30 on every major every major podcast channel. Additionally, if you want to get more information about legally unfiltered, you can go to wwwlegallyunfiltered.com for show topics if you send us a show topic by the way, Richard, free you, stuff? free stuff we're still doing free stuff. we're still doing free stuff I you love send us free a, stuff If you send us a show topic to legally at gmail.com and we use your store, your story topic that's key yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah 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 So if we use your topic, then you can win two, not one, two uno dos, two coffee mugs. Two for the price of none. That's right. So our special guest this week, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. is our friend Glenn Levitt, 14. And today, folks, today we're talking coronavirus. Richard got very excited about this topic this morning. We had a, we had a topic in place about furries. We, domestic- might furries. Oh, we, might, we might get to the furries.
1: We might get to the furries. Good God.
0: Okay. So <laughs> unless you've been living under a rock, there is a, dare I say, epidemic? Uh, yes Epidemic There's very much an epidemic In China right now mm-hmm. Arguably starting to seep out of China Right um, It's called
1: the coronavirus There's been what? 80-something deaths? 80-something deaths in China so far Ugh. In China Thousands upon thousands of infected people And and listen, they're in Canada They're in the United States They're in France uh, They're in Hong Kong They're in Taiwan they're, they're in many places besides just China So I know what you're thinking I know what you're thinking, ladies and gentlemen. It's Stephen King's The Stand. Why yes. are we a
0: legal radio show and podcast, a digital legal palooza? Why are we talking about the coronavirus? Oh, so many reasons. Well. So many well, reasons. Well, Richard Sprinkle, <laughs> when we, you know, what we never get to talk about in the legal world is epidemics. Right. And and the law surrounding outbreaks, epidemics. Sure. So buckle up, get ready for the zombie apocalypse.
1: Yeah. We're talking coronavirus. Today. Right, right. All right. So kick us off, man. What, what What do we need to know? Well, remember now, our show's about how things in the news can affect your life from a legal standpoint. I like it. There's I a like lot it. of ways an epidemic can affect your life from a standpoint um, that people may not have given a lot of thought to. Um, the affected areas for this coronavirus, like I said, are, are, are around the globe already I, it's it's literally gotten to just about every continent i don't know if it's in australia and i haven't heard it showing up in antarctica but it's in all of the other continents as far as i know um there's a lot of issues there there are u.s citizens right now stuck in the wuhan area that are not able to leave. So our state department. Indirect quarantine. Direct quarantine. So, direct quarantine. Um, so our state department is actually working with the Chinese governments to try and secure ways where these folks can board charter flights and get the heck out of Dodge. Because, as you know, the ground zero for this this outbreak of coronavirus was a, uh, a food market in, in Wuhan, uh, China, supposedly supposedly this is a virus that originated from some sort of snakes. Chinese crates and Chinese cobras are apparently the culprits. So wait a minute. Yeah. Snakes. Snakes. I hate snakes. snakes are apparently the, the the origin of this thing. And I know, yes, you when can you go say full. S- when, when you say origin, people eating snakes, right? Well, either people eating snakes or the snakes biting Another Whoa. animal
0: that the people ate. So it's a virus, obviously. Right. that Can be
1: contracted through the snake to the animal to okay. Right, right, right. And it's the this is a virus that passes from from animals to humans. Um, it typically uh, causes respiratory infections, flu-like symptoms in mammals and birds. Um, it's a little scary because here, very close to us in Louisiana, there's a reported case at Texas A&M University. So this thing's made it to the SEC, Franz. It's made it to the SEC. I mean, if you call Texas A&M, <clears throat> the well, SEC. I mean, they got a, you know, they got an admission uh, ticket. All right. So, so, <laughs> so here's the the crazy it. thing about it. legally. All right. So we've got all these these issues legally as far as getting people out there's issues in china believe it or not folks china might be protecting its its citizens from a employment standpoint more than we do here in the u.s because there's a lot of restrictions on whether or not a chinese employer can fire somebody because the coronavirus is going around um but here's an interesting one that came out today um the two options of how this thing came about one are are like we said at the chinese food food market another option that some folks are are spreading around the internet now that this may have been a biological weapon what is that based on well what I mean, that is based impir- on do we have empirical da- fact on that we have we have we have circumstantial evidence and here's the circumstantial evidence the city of wuhan is not only host to a apparently huge food market that deals in every kind of critter that swims, crawls, or flies, but it's also home to one of China's biological weapons research facilities. They have a laboratory there, and it's supposedly one of the only labs in the world that could create such a... Bug. Uh, Danny Shoham's a former Israeli military intelligence officer and he studied Chinese biological warfare extensively. And he said that the institute that's in Wuhan is specifically linked to Ch- uh, Beijing's covert bioweapons operations. Now, Radio Free Asia last week rebroadcast a Wuhan television report from 2015 that showed this laboratory on TV. Now, I, I don't know what happened to them in 2015 when they showed that in China. So but it's important.
0: To, so let's take a step back.
1: It's important to remember
0: that when we talk about China right. and media, it's not exactly the same as the United States.
1: There's <laughs> not there's not a lot of transparency there. Not much transparency at all. As a matter of fact, there's pl- been plenty of journalists who were jailed for uh, showing the wrong things on TV in China or saying the wrong things on the radio in China. Uh, as we speak, I'm sure somebody's about to kick down the doors of the Sprinkle Law Firm, but um, we're going to continue on. Um, yeah, this is just a conspiracy thing at this point. It was uh, the, the article originally went out by the uh, Washington Times, and um, it's been picked up by some other news agencies, but not 100% verified yet. It is interesting, though, that the mayor of Wuhan today. Tendered his resignation. And so did the leader of the local leader of the Communist Party in the area. They both tendered their resignations based upon what's going on and both said that they take full responsibility for what has happened.
0: Take full responsibility for what has happened in what way? Oh, I don't don't know what way. I I mean, it's not like you can sue them. Well, I mean, but these guys have, look, fault China where you will, they have handled this well, right? I mean, they have mobilized the healthcare. From an outsider looking in, I I, I think they
1: have done a decent job. I would like us to be able to do stuff like that. Oh, yeah. We'd screw that up. Promise you we would screw that up. Um, No, it it seems that they may have done a a fairly good job with this thing so far. So now you're all scratching your heads and saying, well, how does this this translate to our law? Can we talk about United States law? Yeah, we (laughs) can. We can. You know. Back Way back when, in World War II, when the Germans used mustard gas, a lot of the countries got together after that war and decided, let's put something together. Let's have the Geneva Protocol of 1925, where we say, we're not going to use nasty weapons of chemical and biological origin anymore. That translates to modern U.S. criminal law that took a few more years to to come about. But the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989, that was eventually signed into law by George H.W. Bush, prohibits... The manufacture, the possession, the spreading, the anything to do with any type of biological or chemical weapon—it's just we don't allow it in the United States. And you would think, well, who on earth would do such a thing? Who would do such a thing? We've had some notable prosecutions. Uh, Thomas Levy—I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly—back in 1983 was caught trying. He's he he worked in Alaska. He lived in Arkansas. And he was caught trying to cross the Canadian-U.S. border with something like 88,000 rounds of ammunition, a whole bunch of guns, and a whole lot of the beans one needs to create ricin. Okay. And apparently, he not only had the beans, but he also had some... Ricin that he had synthesized from the beans. Um, not cool. The Canadians took everything from him that they thought were illegal in contraband and then turned him loose back into the U.S. and said, going about your merry way. But they were smart enough to contact the FBI and eventually the FBI looked into the guy. Uh, a whole group of them surrounded his house one day, two years later, um, took down the house and found a, a, a crazy amount of ricin. I don't know if you know how this stuff works. One little grain of it can kill a human being, like one tiny little grain. Um, It was a favorite of the KGB hit squads uh, in Russia. Um, It's well-documented. This stuff's incredibly dangerous. One little grain would do that. They found 133 grams of it in his house. So my question is this, is this the one area of law? Because we
0: know that public well-being, public safety can trump constitutional rights. right? Right, right. That is, for those of you listening, If there's ever an exception to violating or or trampling on or whatever word you want to use, stepping over a constitutional right, it's the it's the public well-being, right? The public safety. Right. So from a constitutional standpoint, this is like anything goes right when it comes to an epidemic, public safety, life or death. The government can do just about whatever it
1: wants to, right? It's that greater good philosophy. Yeah. I mean, the government can, in a, in a case of an epidemic, they can quarantine areas, they can lock things down. We've seen these movies a million times, and and none of us really want the zombie apocalypse to happen. So, um, it, it, there's legitimate reasons why the government can step in and do the things they do. Um, the uh, the Mister Levy, by the way, was never prosecuted fully. Okay. Yeah, he uh, he decided to hang himself the night before his arraignment in his jail cell. Mm. And unlike. Not, I should say not. not I wasn't
0: going to go there. I well, wasn't going to well, go there. Well, not
1: unlike recent folks who have hanged themselves in jail, not unlike him at all, there seems to be no, no video and no, any, no anyone that can testify to the guy being suicidal or the guy being on suicide watch or anything like that. It just sort of happened. So that's out there, too. Um, but it happened again in the 90s. There was a group called the Minnesota Patriots Council. Um, they were, uh, they're they're actually on terrorist watch, you know, by the United States government to begin with, uh, homeland terrorism. They ordered a whole bunch of castor beans through the mail that's right. It's castor beans that you use to synthesize ricin and you, you need to kind of know what you're doing apparently to actually turn the bean into the, the, the powdery poison. But these guys made enough to kill about a hundred people. Um, that's that's scary. I mean it's it, they they went ahead and did it. They got prosecuted for it. Um it's, it it's nuts. It's nuts to think that we needed a law about this. Well, now we have one. Though. It's like it's like that movie Broken Arrow. Do you remember do you remember the movie Broken Arrow? Did, did you did you just bring Broken Arrow onto our show? I did. Show? <clears throat> it's bad enough Christian Slater. It's bad enough told, uh, to think that we actually need a name and a stealth for that. A name for the loss of a nuclear warhead. Yeah, that's it's it's crazy to think that we need a law here in the United States. Did you says, just bring Broken Arrow onto our show? <laughs> Do I need to hit the rewind so, button for so, you? France? Okay,
0: so let's let, <laughs> let's let's rein it in here. All right, so doesn't matter where the virus comes from. No, right? no, not whether at all. the virus was intentionally made as a weapon. Whether it was just a snake developed a virus and whatever.
1: The origin of the virus doesn't matter. When it comes to the public safety and the legal component of this, there is, of course, an exception. Okay. The CDC can have whatever they want. You know, anybody who's doing research for medical purposes, anybody who's approved by the government can have whatever they want. So there's probably some labs with some terrifying stuff in it around the country, particularly Atlanta. I I would worry. So,
0: okay. So, what's the protocols? What's the breakdown? How does this play itself out? When does the government step in from a law, law standpoint? I mean, we're not walking around. This is going to sound I don't, ethnically I don't insensitive of me. We don't walk around wearing face masks. No, I don't know enough
1: about this virus from a scientific standpoint to know. But I have confronted. seen people in the United States walking around with those face masks on. I uh, mean, it, right. it, it has happened okay. here. Okay, okay, yes. okay. So,
0: so I mean, I guess my point is, is like, okay, one day you're you're driving around, your kids are in school, and everything's hunky dory. At what point does the government step in? Is it, I mean, there's no, there's no fine lines in the stand, sand, no, right? No,
1: okay. no, no. I mean, this isn't like a guy shows up at city hall wearing a vest and says, I'm going to blow the place up. Well, there's where you draw the line right there. You go out and, and take care of the problem. This is different. This is kind of a problem of, you know, the outbreak occurs. And we now have a student over in Texas who who is showing up with uh, symptoms Do we know if he had contact with anyone who's traveled from, you know, across state lines? You you just don't know. You almost have to be more reactive than proactive in this thing because you don't know where it's going to pop up.
0: Okay, so there's public safety and there's public safety. We pretty much here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I can't speak for the rest of the world. We have instituted zero tolerance for schoolyard, school, school venue, any kind of threat, even even the most spurious unsubstantiated threat you're on full blast full alert oh yeah and we don't we don't take any cautions
1: mm, right there's no satire involved in these I no, guess my question
0: no, I guess my question comes full circle to like there's one case in in Texas right now right right when does it become a public health issue here is one enough do you need to have 80 deaths I mean in China it's a thing right right here, we're just kind of keeping an eye on it, right? Yep. So, I mean, restriction of, of travel. Yes, that's we know the government
1: happen. can do. That, that's very likely. Quarantine zones
0: have historically we we can quarantine people, right? We can. You know, the quarantine. I mean, what's the legal standard for that? It's essentially whatever's reasonable. Mm-hmm. So we can quarantine people. We can not allow. I mean, could we suspend education in the extreme? Sure. So I mean, if if being around other kids or stu- or students, excuse me, I mean, that could be, I mean, th- there's no limit. My, my point
1: is, Richard, there's no limit to this, right? And well, I'm not trying to scare people. I'm no, saying it's the, the reason we don't know where the limits are is because they haven't been tested yet. We don't know. Um, if you look up on the CDC's website for legal authorities for isolation and quarantine. Um, Isolation and quarantine can help protect the public by preventing exposure to people who have may have uh, come under a a contagious disease. And uh, under uh, the Public Health Service Act, uh, 42 U.S. Code 264, the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services is authorized to take measures to prevent the entry and spread of communicable diseases from foreign countries into the U.S. and between states that's interesting language right yes all right so that means we can shut down airports we can shut down naval ports seaports and we can also shut down state borders right fun times ooh fun times so so take my tinfoil hat off oh my god well and
0: we're talking about this guys because because one when is the last time we've had a national epidemic of this size polio i mean really but but like it's really but like West Nile wasn't the same thing no right because again it i guess the issue is is how do you contract the virus if it's a mosquito born virus yeah where you have to be bitten you know that's one thing right if it's just contact or respiratory or whatever you know, it could be something else. So. Well,
1: don't we, as Americans, view things a little differently than the Chinese? I mean, the Chinese well, are kind of... We view a few things differently. The, I mean, Chinese people are probably kind of used to their government saying, no, no, you can't do that. But here in America, if if a bunch of folks say, hey, uh, you in Louisiana, you can't drive over to Texas this weekend if you want to, that's going to be received very differently here than it's received well, in China. Well, does international restriction of travel, what
0: does that do? I mean... It, we live in a modern world, so I don't know how much that would affect global economy. Although an epidemic, or pandemic, whatever word you want to use, right. that affects that, my friend, affects affects. Um, you know, wow. You get one so up.
1: We got about three and a half minutes left, Rich. Yeah. I, it's this is have we scared folks enough? Can I, we, can, I feel uncomfortable. Can we go on to some cute and fuzzy uh, topics now? So, best place to get keep an eye on information. No, we're not going to the fuzzy oh, topics.
0: Oh, damn it. Not on this episode. <laughs> What's the best place to keep getting um, information, so to speak, about quarantine
1: and that kind of stuff? Watch CDC. I well, mean, yeah, watch CDC.gov. CDC.gov is, is the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, they will be the ultimate authority who can make. Quarantine orders, et cetera, et cetera, on behalf of the federal government. Now, you know, watch your news outlet of preference. Hopefully, they're they're a legitimate news organization and not you know something crazy. But um, and I'm not judging any of them, but they they all have their job to do. But uh, I would I would keep tabs on on CDC website as as well as any other government websites. Now,
0: you also kind of want to keep an eye on international stage because as you travel
1: to places outside the United States, you just kind of want to be responsible and... Right, and be mindful of where this thing has popped up because it's not just a China problem anymore. Like I said, France, Canada, um, quite a few other countries, uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan, those no there. Is there treatment for this? I mean... I, there's, there's treatment in place. I mean, people are being treated because you've got thousands and thousands of cases showing up, but only 80 people dead. So... Apparently there's there's valid treatments in place. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the cases were. Why the people eighty people died. I have no idea. Um, but I would imagine if you have a weakened immune system, if you're elderly, if you're young, um, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why this would be a very scary thing for you. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Well, you've been listening to
0: Franz Borchardt, Richard Sprinkle, and our good friend Glenn Levitt. Fourteen. Glenn Lovett, 14.
1: Oh, it's so okay. good. It is okay to hang out with 14 year olds. I'm
0: trinket. Uh,
1: uh, sometimes. Sometimes. The views and opinions expressed <laughs> by Richard
0: Sprinkle and Franz Borkar do not reflect those of Talk 107.3 or Guaranteed Broadcasting. Now, look, we got about a minute left. Let's talk. We need you guys to go on social media Twitter, Facebook. Leave us a like, leave us a comment, leave mm-hmm. us a whatever. Um, also, email us at at legallyunfiltered at gmail If you email us, if you email us a topic and we use it, if you, we use it, you get a mug. And we've had some we've had some muggers, right? Oh yeah, we've given people some mugs. We do actually you, owe people some mugs, do we,
1: Jade? Do I'm we? talking to you. You need to come pick up your mugs. Do get your mug, get your mug, get your mug. Get your, mug,
0: get your mug. So so yeah. Wow, coronavirus. Yep, scary topic. It's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to keep, it's hard to keep a serious face when it. I, Lyme and correct. before we went on, <laughs> before we all went on, Richard, it Richard. can be cured with Lyme disease. So again, Franz Porch, <laughs> Richard Sprinkle, this episode of Legal Unfiltered. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like it legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.